When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. The University of Michigan and the athletic department draw the best from around the world. And today we are going to go over to Australia and talk to Hannah Nielsen, who is currently training for the Australian national team for lacrosse and also the Michigan women's lacrosse coach. Stay tuned here on Conquering Heroes. Welcome to your one-stop podcast for all things Michigan athletics. Updates on every team on campus and interviews with players and coaches are all on the way. This is Conquering Heroes. Here's your host, John Jansen. I'm now joined by Hannah Nielsen, who is the women's lacrosse coach here at the University of Michigan, who is actually in Australia right now. Uh, Hannah, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, how are things uh, on the other side of the world? <laughs> Well, yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday at noon here, so um, we're, we're a day, about a day ahead. Um, so far, so good. Doing a little quarantine, so happy to take the time to to chat with you. And um, yeah, think, things are great. It's good to be on home soil. Uh, it, it is obviously home soil for you, and I'm just curious. Uh, I know that you're still compete. Um, what is it that you're you're doing over in Australia right now? Yeah, so I'm still competing for the Australian national team. Um, this will be my fifth World Cup coming up, which is meant to happen in 2021, but obviously we're going to see what happens there. Um, so I have a couple of, you know, some training down here, some training camps. Um, hopefully with the whole squad, we'll, we'll see what happens. And aside from that, it's just just a good dose of, of summer and family time and friend time and, and a good little reset um, after a hectic year. That's good. How, how, um, where do all of the players come from? Obviously Australia, but is it all over, um, Australia or are they mainly in one area? Yeah. So Australian lacrosse is, uh, it's not in every state that the hot, like kind of the hotbeds are Perth in Western Australia, Adelaide in South Australia, which is my home, my home city. And then, um, Melbourne, Victoria. So those are the main three cities that people come from. So if we have training camps, we'll usually converge in, in one of the, uh, one of the major cities and, and everyone will fly in from there. 
is uh, women's lacrosse or is lacrosse in general, is it bigger in Australia? Is it more popular in Australia than it is in the States or how would you describe it? Yeah, quite the opposite, actually. Um, hence why I'm, I'm living and working and, and came over to, to play college in, in the States. Uh, it's, it's a relatively minor sport here. Um, you know, it's, there's not a lot of people that play it, maybe a few thousand in the whole country, you know, where, where we go to these. Uh, it, it always blows me away when we go recruiting and the amount of young girls that play lacrosse and like it's, it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, for, to advance your, you know, playing days and to obviously to advance your career, you, you kind of have to be over in the, in the U.S. college system. Well, I, I do actually, I'm glad you brought up um, the recruiting because I know you guys just signed a big class. Uh, but before we get there, how do you balance still competing as an athlete and being a part of the Australian national team along with coaching at Michigan? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's challenging to do it on your own. I think that's, that's what I find the most difficult is not having your teammates around day in and day out uh, to train with. But you know, also, you know, working at Michigan each day, uh, you have access, you, you really don't have an excuse not to train. You have, you know, my, my office overlooks the field. Um, I'm a two second walk from the, you know, an amazing weight room. So I really don't have any excuse not to stay in shape. And uh, my assistant coach is actually, um, he is one of, he's an Aussie himself and is also helping with the Australian team. So I have a coach down, two doors down that that will always throw around and, and train with me um, if I, if I want it. So um, you know, the individual stuff is tough, but it's just, it's kind of, it takes discipline. It takes, um, some time management, but yeah, as I said, I really don't have an excuse, um, not to be in shape. How much do your athletes at Michigan try and keep up with you? <laughs> uh, I have been told that if I get on the end line and run with them, it's usually, uh Oh, we have to don't let her beat us kind of thing. And <laughs> I've still got the competitive fire as well. So I can still hold my own. It, it's good fun. You know, I love jumping into practice with them. And, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's a big part of just our, our coaching style in general. We can get in and show them how it's meant to be done as opposed to just kind of standing there and barking orders at them. So I think they enjoy it when I play, but uh, maybe not so much when I, when I do the conditioning with them. Now, I did mention that I wanted to talk to you about recruiting because you just signed eight um, new athletes to come to the University of Michigan. Can you talk to us just a little bit about the, the eight signees that you have? Yeah, we're, we're really excited for this class. You know, we spent a lot of time making sure we got the right fits. Um, you know, we recruit athletes first and foremost. Uh, if, you know, we really like multi-sport athletes and, and all eight of them are exactly that. You know, we don't just want lacrosse players. We want, we got people in that class who are playing basketball, hockey, soccer, um, you know, you, you name it, they're, they're playing it. So um, we feel like we've got a, a really good group of well-rounded athletes um, from all over. A couple of girls from Colorado. Um, we've got, you know, the best Michigan player, in my opinion, in the state. You know, we've managed to keep her in state, which we're very, very excited about. Um, then we've got, you know, the East Coast. We've got Philly. we got, um, you know, all up and down, as we usually do, um, from kind of the tr- traditional hotbed areas. So, um we're excited. As I said, they're athletes, they're eager, they're fired up to get here. Um, and, you know, as, as we've gone along and, and seen more success on the field, our recruiting classes have, have just gotten stronger and stronger. So, there's, um, you know, it's no different with, with this class as well. I'm excited to hear you say that you recruit or you look for those athletes that are multi-sport athletes. What type of traits do you find in those that, that play multiple sports that maybe you don't find in just a, a single sport athlete? I just think it's, it's a whole well-rounded awareness of sports in general. You know, I, I played, I played every sport under the sun growing up and I can use, I mean, tennis, which wouldn't 
wouldn't really be compared with lacrosse at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can use lessons from tennis, like, um, you know, ball angle and, and trajectory of the ball flight and, you know, reading your opponent and those, and footwork and those types of things. Um, you know, same to be said for a hockey player, an ice hockey player, right? They're, they're reading the play and trying to get ahead of the play and, and assists and giving goes and those types of things and the physicality. And I just think, you know, playing more sports other than just the sport we play, um, you know, it's, it's great on your body. It's, it just keeps you fit all year round. And, and then it just gives you an awareness of, of um, yeah, as I said, just being an athlete in general, reading the play, um, being able to, you know, I think watching sports also helps. So we just want athletic kids who want to be outside and who are outside all the time. Cause I just think it um, it's way better than, than just playing lacrosse from, from age three to, to whenever. Now, this has been a challenging year, obviously, for, for everybody around the world. Um, but in Ann Arbor, you guys were, what, six games, I think it was, into your season, and things were, were shut down uh, due to the pandemic. What was that like, and, and how challenging was that just to communicate you know, everything that was going on with your student-athletes? Yeah, it feels like an eternity ago, honestly, um, thinking back to that date in March. Um, yeah, we were 5-1. and one. We were getting literally about to practice and get on a bus to Cincinnati. And we had two games coming up that weekend. And I just remember sitting there and just tracking, you know, this camp, this conference is canceled. This conference is canceled. The big 10 basketballs canceled. And we, we kind of realized the, uh, you know, what, what was lying ahead for us. And yeah, having to stand up in front of the room and, and communicate that to the team was, you know, one of the hardest um, things I've had to do as a coach. I haven't been a head coach for long, but certainly one of the most difficult experiences that um, that I've had. And then I think just this year in general um, has just been such a challenge. For anyone in a leadership position, it's, it's extremely challenging. No one knows how to navigate it. There's no script for this. Yeah. Uh, and I think the biggest thing, and even this fall, is just kind of trying to communicate, like, optimism and hope and, and keep them going and keeping them positive positive. Um, when there's no games to be played yet, there's just constant training and there's all these rules they have to live by. So it's, it's certainly been challenging. I think the girls handled it really well in March. They were obviously disappointed. And, and then now the new team that we have, um, it's, it's been challenging, but they've handled it really, really maturely. And, and we had a, a pretty good fall. Now I was looking and it, and it looks like you have what four seniors that are able to come back um, that maybe would have, their eligibility would have expired. What was, what was that process like waiting to find out if they were going to get that eligibility and then the process of seeing if the, the funds or the availability from Ward Manuel and the athletic department was actually going to allow that to happen? Yeah. You know, at the time it was, um, you know, I was just like, I want everyone to come back. You know, it's, it, as it happens and you didn't really understand the scope of this pandemic and where it was going to go. You, you know, all you're thinking about is getting your season back and, and, just writing the wrong that these seniors, you know, lost. Um, I think as it evolved, there was a lot more to it, right? You got all these girls that already, you know, declared their majors and and were on track to graduate. And so there was more than just coming back. And as a spring sport as well, it's not just coming back for your season. You have to come back for a whole fall um, of training and before you even get into the game. So um, the the Michigan athletic department was, was phenomenal. You know, they, they said, Everyone could come back, uh, you know, if, if they wanted to. And our girls, you know, I, I really left it up to them. It was, they had a decision to make. Um, they had a personal decision to make both for them, you know, academically, personally, family, you know, uh, financially, all of it. Uh, there was a lot lot that played into it. But, yeah, we, we did get four girls back who, you know, who really just, they want to play again. They want the season back. And even I know they've had a challenging fall. It's not the fifth year they expected, right? This isn't the t- typical college experience that, you, you know, you, you know, and you love, but um, I think 
knowing that we're turning the page into a new year and, and games are hopefully around the corner for us, um, I feel a lot better that, that they're back and, and they're able to put a jersey on again soon. So tell us just a little bit about your team. Um, and I know there's no schedule yet because we don't – I know it's supposed to start, what, in January, but there's still a lot left to be determined. Tell us just a little bit about what you expect from your team and maybe some of the headliners that uh, you think are going to have a great season. Yeah, it's, um, it is crazy. It's, it's interesting to start talking about about a season because, right. yeah, it is coming. Our season should start, you know, if, if all goes well um, – we're looking maybe conference only towards the middle of February starting up. So I think that's kind of the, the whole disappointment in this whole thing as well, is we were really uh, destined to have a special year last year. I thought, you know, I, I had really high expectations and goals for our team. And so it was a real shame when it got cut short uh, and it's no different this year, you know, whether we're playing conference only, which big 10 is just a, such a competitive conference conference for us or we're allowed to play out of, out of conference opponents, um, we're, we're talented. We brought in an amazing freshman class who will have an impact right off the bat, um, definitely through the midfield um, and potentially on the defensive end. Maddie Burns is probably one to watch defensively. Um, we bring back Molly Garrett, who's our you know top midfielder. She was a senior last year, but she was the one who chose, back, chose to come back for another year. Maggie Kane still in the midfield. Um, we have our starting goalie from last year also, you know, back in the cage. So, uh, and our and our best attacker, who was again on track to probably become the Big Ten attacker of the year. So we have uh, a lot of depth, definitely more depth on the defensive end. But um, but yeah, we're just we're excited. We, we want to play games. We we want to compete against the best, which is what the Big Ten is. And uh, I think you know, should the season go ahead, which again, fingers crossed, um, we'll, it'll be really excited. Another step forward for for the kind of trajectory of our program. You mentioned that the Big Ten is is a competitive conference. Obviously, you played in the uh, at Northwestern, um, and this is where does the Big Ten fall in terms of the depth of of the conference compared to other conferences? Yeah, I think if you ask anybody, Big Ten is is in the top two, right? You know. You, Big Ten coaches will say we're, we're the top conference and, and the ACC is, is is the next best. You know, you've got um, on any given week, you've probably got f- at least four to five Big Ten teams in the top 10 um, and the other the other f- of those four to five are probably made up of teams from the ACC. Um, so it's competitive. You know, be playing Northwestern, who made the Final Four last year, Maryland, who are just traditional powerhouse, Penn State, who are always in the conversation. And, um, you know, Rutgers and Ohio State, are, you know, have been gone through a rebuilding phase, but that, but anytime you play a big 10 opponent, it's, it's an absolute battle. It's a dogfight. It doesn't matter what your ranking is. It's, you know, you know, you're going to get that best effort from the opponent and it's just so fun. It, it gives you a little bit more to play for. Uh, so we're, you know, very fortunate to be able to, even if we do go conference only, we're still playing the best teams out there. Uh, how difficult is it, or maybe fun is it to play against your alma mater? <laughs> it hasn't been fun today because we haven't won a game yet, but <laughs> Um, look, it, it always brings with it a special, uh, a special feeling, you know, especially when you go to Northwestern and you stand on Lakeside Field, mm-hmm. which for me is just full of so many special memories and, and playing against Kelly, uh, Kelly Monty, who's a mentor, who's just one of the best coaches in, in the country and in, in the history of this sport. Um, it is special. You know, I, I definitely don't have any, um, soft feelings towards them when the, when the whistles, when the first whistle goes and we want to beat them and we want to take them down, obviously, but. It, it always will be special. And, and obviously if, if we're not the ones winning, then I hope, you know, Northwestern is, is right up there competing for championships. Now, before we let you go, um, as we talked to coach Nielsen, who's the, the women's lacrosse coach at the university of Michigan, uh, 
now because you are still playing and you are still developing your own game and getting new experiences as a player, how much does that give you an advantage when you go back to coaching? Yeah, I honestly think it works both ways. I think, you know, as a, um, as a player now, I'm way better player after having coached for so long. You just, you become smarter. You learn how to work smart and not necessarily hard all the time. And I think the biggest thing for me, you know, I love coming home and, and going through a training camp or going and playing in a world cup and being a player again and not, not having to worry about the coaching side. Cause it, it, it brings back the perspective for me that when I go back to the team, I'm able to level with them a little bit more. You know, I think when you become a coach for so long, you, you kind of forget what it feels like to go through the day in and day out of being a player and it's hard work. So I, I think it, it makes me more relatable. And look, if I could be a player as a, as my job, I would, um, I certainly am, am a player at heart, but um, I do think playing, you know, I'm able to relate to the girls and, and know that feeling of being on a team and how special it is and uh, when they may need a day off or an easier practice and things like that. So I think it certainly has helped me um, on both sides of the coin. Well, I'm certainly jealous because you get the best of both worlds, coaching and still getting the chance to play. So oh, yeah. uh, best of luck in Australia and safe travels back and uh, best of luck in the upcoming season. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. I want to thank Coach Nielsen for taking the time out of her busy schedule as she is actually on the other side of the world right now in Australia training for the women's national team in lacrosse. Uh, best of luck to her over there, and we will look forward to her return in January when hopefully we can get lacrosse and all of the winter and spring sports up and running. Stay tuned here as we continue to give you all the information around Michigan athletics on Conquering Heroes. Thanks for listening to Conquering Heroes with John Zanson. Conquering Heroes is part of our Michigan Athletics Podcast Network. M Go Blue Podcasts. The preceding is a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates in Northbrook, Illinois.